Kevin, I'm not rubbing your lucky foot anymore because every time I do, the wishes come true, but in really bad, ironic ways. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Podquisition. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I'm joined, as always, by Laura. Laura hello, Laura. Hello. Hello, I am me. I am not the Queen's nose, as uh, it would appear Gav's foot is. Gav is here as well. Hello, Gav. Hello. There we go. We actually introduced each other in a fairly linear fashion That's this week. Nice, like, passing yeah. of the bats on. That was quite... Just, exactly. just tagging in and out. We got that to Gavin. Snappy. We got to Gavin straight away, rather than me and Jim having a conversation first. This is some kind That's of good. miracle well, the sooner, happening. The sooner we get to Gavin, the sooner we can ignore Gavin. It's it's all about efficiency. Exactly. Um, got to get the acknowledging Gavin out the way within the first 30 seconds yeah. so that we can have, like, 59 minutes 30 of no Gavin. That's, That's just a pretty, that's a just pretty good sound math. strategy, I think. Uh, I know. Uh, Gavin. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Oh, well, you know, there's this game that came out and uh, what was it called? Um, Halo, was it? I've been playing Halo all week. You've been playing the else. Halo? Yeah. 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 yeah I like the Halo. How was your Halo going? <clears throat> um... did, did you master the Chief yet? <laughs> yeah. Did we talk about how disappointing it was that you didn't get to play much of Chief in the game? Yeah, we uh, did. I think it was it's... briefly mentioned. Yeah. Uh, in between us, but made Halo, just taking the, the piss out of Halo. Obviously no, you, you were playing more of your Fallouts, weren't you? And I still have the Fallout that all the kids story. are playing. <laughs> How, Even, how have you not finished Fallout? It's what fifteen hours to get through. You shouldn't have had to spend much more than fifteen hours on there's it. So, there's yeah, get so good. much faction side quests that at some point in the story you get locked out of, and I don't want to miss any of them. So I'm like taking everything really slowly. But uh, had had pretty much every plot point in every story fold of the game spoiled for me by the internet. That's so, it. I mean, you don't have to play the game because you've been on the internet. So you don't have to play the story. You oh, know yeah. Everything. Why are you even bothering playing still? You know what happens. <laughs> there's no point now. Yeah. It's just yeah, you were telling wasting us my before, life. You are telling us before the recording, basically, that it was, what, the Steam forums? Someone... Yeah. Just decided to put the one of the big uh, plot points as, as a, a thread title, title. And that was the post, and that was their entire thread, just well, the I mean, the plot point. And it was like, like, I, I can understand, like, I can understand the troll mentality where you wind people up in funny ways to a certain extent, but to just do something shitty like that, I'll never understand that. I cannot, like, even on a small level like that, to do something that you know is just being a dick. I'm going mm-hmm. to upset someone. I, mean, I'll never I think understand spoiler, that mentality. I think spoiler hysteria is like overblown a lot of the time. Like people go, the, the things people classify as spoilers half the time is ridiculous, and the way they treat them as this ruination of yeah. their the art they like kind of leads. It, it encourages people to be dicks yeah. half the time, it, but at the same time, you're still a dick. Yeah. It, it tells the internet that it's a very easy way to get a response out of people, which is often all that those kind of people want. I think, but I, some I think, kind of response. I think there's some weight to the argument that in certain stories, it does completely ruin the experience if you know what's going to happen. Like, can you imagine watching Psycho for the first time, knowing what happens in the story? I mean, it, I it get would not that. be the I same get... experience. Mm. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I'm saying in some cases. It's uh, clearly, you know, you give away a big plot point. Or like the, with the, the usual suspects, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that still doesn't mean that, like, other people have the right to spoil something if you want to go into it fresh, obviously. Yeah. And it's 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 a difficult one. Um, mm. To be, to be uh, fair, yeah. the main Fallout plot point is pretty predictable. 
I mean, yeah, it's one like that you the, probably would have kind of guessed yourself, but... Well, like, as I, as I said when I wrote my review, the main plot is, like, never the... It isn't the thing about Fallout that you're really there for. Yeah. As much as all of the other side content, so, you know, there's still exciting stuff to explore while you're Although there. reaching... Reaching that final faction in Fallout 4 is one of my all-time greatest moments ever. Just finding that place and being like, oh my it, god, this it is was so amazing. Pretty, pretty well put together, I'll give you that. So yeah, that is a thing. Uh, we did have one news story about Fallout 4 this week. Did you want to hear it, Gav? Uh, um, uh, I don't know, yeah, do yeah, I? Yeah. Is it like? <laughs> uh, prob- do the probably, audience want to hear it? That's probably. I think you, you might be interested to hear it. So... Um, <laughs> People who were doing some hacking and some command line prompting and whatever the bloody hell you do when you're a modder in Fallout discovered a gun in the game's files that appears to have been used when the game was being developed but that didn't make it into the full game. And this is a harpoon gun. And what makes the harpoon gun interesting is when you use it and you reload it, it has a load of bubbles that come off of it in its animation. That look an awful lot like it, the gun's designed to be used underwater. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of people that suspect that either at some point in development there was underwater combat, or potentially, you know, all those big bits of water on the map that you don't really do anything with? The DLC. You might be able to do some uh, underwater combat in some huh. DLC or something, maybe, because there's a gun that has bubbles when you reload it. I wonder why they took that out, because, you know, there, there are things under the water. I mean, I've had... Encounters mm. with Maya Lurks, where I'm like, I would kill for a harpoon gun or something oh God, right now. Fuck Maya Lurks, man. <laughs> yeah, they are and the this, worst. This gun, like, I think it replaces the the rail gun, one of the rail guns or something, when you put it into the game. But yeah, there was mm-hmm. a harpoon gun that definitely appears to have been designed for underwater mm. combat. There's yeah, supposed to be a gun. I, yeah. I don't see why there isn't. I mean, the Maya Lurks can hit me under the fucking water. Mm. Yeah, why the can't Maya you shoot your Are the worst fucking enemy in the whole game. They're so they're Their hitboxes are all fucking fucked up. It's you just really gotta like to spam the melee button, like because yeah. they go down in one hit to anything. So I just kind of look downwards and then just sort of run mm. around in a circle, spamming the melee button until I stop hearing me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was a Fallout Four thing. Other than that, um, not of interest to you really, Gav, until you get onto your second time playing through it, probably because you're not doing scripts, but. There is finally a Fallout 4 script extender, so hooray, all of the really big mods are going to start happening now, and you can have them in Fallout when you play it again. You know, one I really am surprised didn't make it into the vanilla game is the immersive HUD. Yeah. I just don't understand how that's not... I mean, it's one of the most popular mods that ever came out for Skyrim and the other Fallout games. It just It's such a simple thing to do. Just the HUD fades when you're not using it. I'm sure there's probably some technical reason not to do it that we are, you know, too stu- we're all too stupid to see, but it does feel a little bit stupid that it's not in there. Because it's such a screenshotable game. Well, yeah, exactly, and people love to be all, hey, I found this thing behind a rock in the wasteland, look at me, I'm, I did adventuring. Yeah. So, yeah, script extenders available, harpoon guns, uh, for... Bethesda are saying, like, oh, don't put mods on, you'll break your saves. And everyone says, well, we're going to mod it anyway because your game's come out flawed and needing modding. <laughs> so that that is your week in Fallout 4 news. 
Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. If we have some other news that is not Fallout 4 news this week, do you want to hear that? I would love to hear that. Well, let's find what bits are interesting. Um, oh, I, I kind of love this uh, this news story. I just want to find the name quickly so I can get this right. Um, do either of you know about the man who's in the King of Kong film who's really good at playing Donkey Kong? Oh, Billy Mitchell. Oh, I've Billy, heard about this Billy, story. Billy Mitchell. Yeah. So here is here is the headline that I quite like about Billy Mitchell. Donkey Kong champion loses court case because his head does not literally explode. Yep. And the the story here is that <laughs> Billy Mitchell, he is the I think he was the first person to ever get over a million points in Donkey Kong. He did something with Donkey Kong. Yeah. He did some really big Donkey Kong thing where he hit a million points or something. And he's notorious for getting very, very, very angry at people who try and overtake his records. He's not very friendly to other people who want to beat his record. Yeah, I mean, and, well, he was he was obviously yeah. the one half of the main feature of the King of Kong documentary where he came off very badly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he sells did not hot come... sauce yeah, with he, his face on. He, he came off as a very unapproachable, angry man. And... Who compared himself to the abortion issue. He believes he is, <laughs> it, according to the documentary, he believes he is just as controversial as the abortion issue. Yeah, so th- this man, other than that, the other thing you need to know is he has, like, long brown hair and a brown like kind of bushy beard thing and he has a very distinctive looking face and Cartoon Network have a show called Regular Show Mm -hmm. in which one of their episodes is about uh, the two main characters trying to beat a high score on a video game and then basically Billy Mitchell's disembodied head floats down and has a very similar name and he it's a giant it's just a giant head with hands and feet no body it's a good episode it's a, good it's, episode, it's a really good actually. episode I like uh, it. you look at his face it's clearly billy mitchell and he comes down and gets incredibly angry trying to like beat up the people so that they can't beat his high score in this arcade game and when his high score is beaten he very literally explodes and Billy Mitchell was upset. He thought that he was being unfairly categorised in this show, that this was a clear representation of him that was a negative... Does he not know what parody is? Well, Man, this guy well, looks like that's... a cross between, like, Jeremy Irons and Noel Edmonds. <laughs> that is exactly I keep what he it, looks I'm like. like. I'm looking Thank at pictures you, I'm expecting. Hello, welcome to have, my house party. Have, have you found the pictures yet of him in the show? <laughs> Do not have, say Mufasa in uh, my house party. So... <laughs> oh god so this went to court and the if this had just been thrown out of court because it's like no it's parody it's you know not an unlicensed use of you because it's there's clear differences that would have been kind of a non-story what makes it a story is the the kind of things that the uh the judge was citing when saying no this is not a, a use of copyright theft or anything and the main thing cited was this is not a uh, an example of copyright theft of your likeness because the character in the TV show explodes when he is defeated <laughs> and you do not. <laughs> so the fact the fact that Billy Mitchell is a human being who is limited by the limits of humanity mm-hmm. is not a floating head from space <laughs> and cannot explode means that this is like just fair fair usage. That sums up Billy Mitchell perfectly, right? <laughs> he he lost a court case because of the limit the the physical limitations of human biology. Like that just sums him up. He tried to defy human biology to I wish, I hope he was in the 
the courtroom like trying to explode. Yeah, he's just like like straining <laughs> red face, just ba- like bas- that, trying to like, prove it. He looks like he's constipated. He may have accidentally maybe shat himself because he, he was trying. He was trying. He was trying that hard to explode that he's like, well, this is about as close as I'm gonna get. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, and he just shat himself. Huge, like like, and it was really bad. Like it was yeah. one of those ones that make pe- other people gag. And he, like, waddled out ashamed. It, it's one of those ones where it, like, kind of spills out the edge of your underwear and it's, like, kind of dropping down your oh, trouser yeah. legs. So there's, new, like, a new, little new bit of following you in a documentary next year, The King of Pong. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> and we better be careful because he might sue us for this. Uh, everything no, we no, said no, was we, satire. No, we all we need to do is we need well, to we do the... we were actually um, talking about another yeah, um, we, we were, person. We were talking about... A, yeah, we were talking about a character called Billy Mitchell, who's spelt with like six L's at the end. Well, we were talking. We were talking um, about Billy Mitchell, the character from EastEnders. Yes, yeah, exactly. and and the lesser-known Mitchell brother. Yes, who explodes on Will, and unless you can explode, we're not talking about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you? Billy explode? Mitchell's explosion in EastEnders was like he took out half the Queen Vic. It was a massive storyline. <laughs> <laughs> it's what killed uh, the Ferreira family. <laughs> Um, I love I love uh, EastEnders because like no matter how fucking shitty a mood you're in, you'll never have a worse life than the people in EastEnders. Yes. Oh god, yes. yeah. I I watch like little bits of EastEnders here and there, and it's just like how does misery. This, how does this geographical to, area function? It's compressed with this much misery. In the late nineties to early two thousands, I was an avid watcher of EastEnders. I didn't miss it. Um, then I kind of fell out, and I'm, I'm like, you know, it's been years and years now. But back in its height, in its glory days, when Martine McCutcheon was there, uh, oh, it was McCutcheon. I was obsessed with that. Those show. soap operas, man, I, I just can't believe how many fucking like. If you look at Carnation Street, how many murders have been on that street? Mm-hmm. Seriously, is Jessica Fletcher living up at the end of the road or something? Because <laughs> Someone is murdering all the fucking residents of that street. Surely at that point, like, the house prices must drop so low that it's not economically viable enough for anyone to live on, like, murder every, town. Every murder house town. is the murder they house. Change the name to murder town. Well, no, you've got variations. You've got, like, murder town by the river, murder town that's, like, in the suburb. You've yeah, got... Murder town uh, on the wold. Uh, yeah. You've got Hollyoaks, which is, like, teenage murder town, maybe with some gays in it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, he's just got variations on Murder Town. The one, the one show that gets me for this is it's a show my um, my nan used to watch. I mean, she probably she probably still does watch it. I don't even know if it's on anymore. It's an ITV show, I think, called Midsummer Murders. <gasps> oh, oh Midsummer Murders is the best. <laughs> it's a it's a crime show about obviously murders, mm. except. It's always in this one town yes, of it's, Midsummer. It's the town of Midsummer where, like, so many murders happen there that they've called the show Midsummer Murders. Midsummer it's- Murders. Now, my theory about this, and my nan doesn't agree with me, is that the main cop who stars in it, like the detective, he's the killer. Mm. He must be. <laughs> well, he's, just, he's involved with every murder there. It's just like Murder, the She murders Rose, isn't don't it? Stop. I mean, that's how Jessica Fletcher oh, makes her Lans- living. She goes around killing Angela people. Angela Lansbury is... I, then I, writing I, about I, it. I, I feel the same way about um, there's an ITV show called Broadchurch, which is the first season is about a murder that happens in Broadchurch. The second season is about a murder that happened in Broadchurch. And the third (laughs) season, which has recently been announced, 
just going to put uh, put myself out on a limb. I think it's going to be about a broad uh, a, a murder that happened in Broadway. Are you Church. sure you just I weren't just, like playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate by mistake while watching this, or like? No, no, no. This is a real show that's into its third season. That's about a murder that happened in Broadchurch. Speaking, I don't speaking trust of Syndicate, any did show anyone... about murders. Oh, sorry. Go on. That has. I was just saying, I don't trust the star of any show about murders where the main person's job is not the investigation of murders. <laughs> They've got it. Like, that goes for Murder, She Wrote. That goes for Dick Van Diagnosis Murder. That goes for Cadfell. What the fuck is a monk doing solving murders? <laughs> Um, I don't trust any of them. Well, here's the thing. With Midsummer Murders in particular, you'd think by, like, season three or four of Midsummer Murders, they'd get in, like, I don't know, MI6 or someone. It's like, hey, there is clearly some bigger murder ring happening here. It's practically genocide. Like, get the fucking CIA in there. This is no longer a matter of, like, of of local law enforcement. Midsummer genocide. So I I have a news story that's not really a news story, but it's a thing I want to talk about that Nintendo did this week. What did Nintendo Um, did this week? I go for my Wii, will I? uh, No, 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 you might find this interesting, (laughs) because it's about social media and uh, copyright strikes. Oh. Nintendo. Oh, is this what they did to you? Yeah. Yeah. This is a thing that happened literally today, the day of recording. Um, I woke up this morning and tried to log into Facebook, and I couldn't log into Facebook without going through a couple of screens. I was informed that Nintendo have given me a Facebook copyright strike because three years ago, I posted a link to a news story I wrote in which I talked about the fact that emulation, uh, hardware emulation on the 3DS was technically possible. That, that if you had weird. a flash, like, that certain flash carts worked on the 3DS if you hadn't upgraded past a certain firmware. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll write a news story about that. Three years later, I get a copyright strike from Nintendo about using copyrighted material in my three-year-old post. And I got threatened with having my Facebook banned if I continue to do such copyright-breaking behaviour. That's messed up. Yep, it's weird. Um... So interesting things you to know. You didn't break copyright though. No, you just I linked to a thing. I linked to a news story that Nintendo didn't want out there, but that they shouldn't care about because that that see this is what for... sadly what copyright oh. is starting to mean to some people. Yeah. I don't want you to hear this. That's what copyright yeah. means well, to some people. I, I yeah. Not this is my intellectual with, yeah. property. This is something I don't want people talking about. Yeah. Well, the weird thing about this is it's not even like relevant anymore because the. The emulation like workaround that used to work for the 3DS was was the that, is it that was three years ago. That the, the the firmware is long beyond the point where that that particular thing works anymore. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did Nintendo care that I posted it on Facebook? So yeah, that's yeah. A... I'm really I don't even know what to say to that. No, just... uh, interesting things to note. Um, unlike YouTube, uh, Facebook does not have a contest your copyright claim button. There is no way to contest a copyright claim on Facebook. It just exists. God. So, uh, of course it does. Yeah, thanks, Nintendo. You can't copyright claim the YouTube videos anymore under fair use. So you move to Facebook, it seems. Have fun with that. It's wow. really... I, the, the abuse of these things to suppress criticism is just... It's, it's I don't know. odd and weird. So, I mean, lately I'm just... Yeah. Uh, I was going to go on a rant about how people want to 
confuse criticism and censorship and all of that shit. But I'd, I'm not going to go down that alley. No, I'm not going. I've done. I've done enough of that. This I week. I'm so fucking sick and tired. Of I, it. I know I'm you don't want to get like, involved. Stay out of this one. <laughs> like, yeah, not so, touch it. I'm, I'm going to leave it. Barge poke. We we've all talked about this in various regards at various points in yeah. time. There you go. How about that Captain America Civil War trailer, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, I, I did quite like that. I like the bit where the one man who is American and the one man who is from from the cold time of year punch the the Tin Man because he <laughs> doesn't have a heart. The cold times. <laughs> it better fucking have Guns N' Roses Civil War on the soundtrack. Um, they they will have it on the soundtrack, but it won't feature in the movie. I'm sure is the case. Uh, I tell you what, there's you know. the one thing I can guarantee about that sh- uh, that movie is it won't won't be a civil war. It'll be more like an uncivil. Oh, that show's over. Uh, I can't oh. Oh. oh well, <laughs> wasted marketing opportunity that, there. That all being said, I do quite like that trailer. Thought it was pretty cool. I'm like, hey, I'm. Is I'm no up one else another... like suffering from like superhero burnout? Like I can't thing. keep I, up with all. I haven't even seen the second. I are the third. How many fucking yeah. Captain America movies are there? There, there are. <laughs> I'm really behind on the amount of like Marvel films mm. overall. There's like, I so like them, many of them, but I, I don't have the time to watch all of them. I I would say that like at this point of the like the big budget movies, the Captain America ones are the ones most worth most worth watching. Um, the first one decently solid film. The second Captain America Winter Soldier, it is less of a superhero film and more of like a really well handled like high action spy thriller I've seen enough of it to get the point yeah and I really Uh, like that one it seems quite good I'm excited for another Captain America where they punch the the tin man because he doesn't have a heart (laughs) Yeah, I know people were a bit disappointed that it's obviously not going to be the civil war on the scale of the comics which would have been nice but I mean I don't think well, the world can handle enough films that would be needed to get that scale yeah. on the ground. Well, this, this all Sorry, being I, re- said, like, I really I... got to run out to the loo. Just, yeah. just talk hard about oh, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Away, go go have a piddle. Um, people have been saying that it's not going to be on that same scale. We've seen one very early trailer nine months out. It's entirely possible that they are saving some of the other this character's going to be in it moments for later trailers or the film like we know we know that spider-man's in it and we haven't seen spider-man yet so you know there's at least a few they're going to reveal i think it's definitely going to be i mean one of the more interesting films among the huge glut of marvel films i i would certainly prefer like a small ensemble uh ensemble ensemble (laughs) captain ensemble i'd certainly prefer a small ensemble cast of like Mm -hmm. well developed people who have well-developed motivations for being on either side rather than just here's the reasons for three or four of them being on each side uh and also the rest of them for reasons are here you make it too big it'll just be incomprehensible yeah so i'm kind of glad they're keeping it to the scale of like this being the third captain america rather than like the next avengers My favorite, one of my favorite comment exchanges ever was on the trailer for the Civil War thing on YouTube. I saw it. I had to like like screen grab it for prosperity because it's 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 incredible. Um, the comment was like because it was talking about because Black Panther's shown in the trailer, mm. and so someone was like Black fucking Panther. That is all. Like really excited. First comment, like almost immediately. First comment from some some anonymous person. Just I bet you don't even know who he is. <laughs> and that just that just sums up the internet. Internet, geek culture 
uh, nerd oh. gatekeeping, just everything My- perfectly encapsulated. One person yeah. happy for Black Panther, the other one immediately, you don't even know who he is. Oh, goodness. I'm not going to re- pretend to know who the character is because I'm not a huge Marvel Comics person, but my favourite one of these is still... Um, there's a photo that every now and then circulates around of... Um, uh, it's one of the... It's a character who basically looks a lot like a steampunk gender-swapped Joker. But uh, is the an Joker's a- daughter. Yes, yeah. who's she's a she's a kind of canonical character in the comics. But the very angry comment under the photo where it's like, uh, all the uh, nerds pretending to be gender-swapped steampunk characters. Oh, what you doing ruining our fandom? And it's like, no, I'm this character who actually yeah. exists. And it's fucking Dwayla Dent, you yeah. fucking fool. Yes, exactly. And. That's that's I yeah that is things that happen on the internet. We seem to have gone into Marvel corner, so I might as well just talk about it quickly while I'm here. You watched any yeah, of that Jessica it. Jones series on Netflix? Not yet. I wanna. I, I think I've heard it's fucking fantastic. I think you should. It is a really fucking good show. Um, I will say this now: the Marvel Netflix TV shows have done villains far better than any of the actual like AAA budget movies. None of the Marvel movies have had, like, villains that hold a candle to either Fisk in Daredevil or the villain in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Je- the writing in Jessica Jones is fantastic. The uh, They don't feel the need to do a, an origin story. Unlike Daredevil, it's not an, a season-long origin story. It's just, yeah, let's just jump into this character and it will be very evident very quickly why this person's her uh, nemesis. The villain is fucking terrifying. And the show is a really well-written, if difficult to watch, uh, mm-hmm. analog for abusive relationships, and it's very yeah, well I mean, handled. Yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, Jessica Jones, that's really bloody good. I like that. You know what else I like that is video game news? See, I what shepherded like? us back onto topic. <laughs> uh, someone has basically rigged up unofficial PS4 remote play for your PC. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, I correct me listeners if I'm wrong because you will correct me because there are tens of thousands of you. As I understand it, it's based on There's nothing on, like, the internet likes more yeah, than correcting people. <laughs> I, I am saying this now that I am not certain but someone told me this is how this works is that it's kind of running a Vita emulator or some some aspect of a Vita emulator just enough to get the Vita's like receiving of PS4 remote play stuff going on. And then it just turns your PC screen into like, hey, I can show what's on the PS4. So PS4 remote play on PC is a thing that people are selling apps for and that are already on pirate sites and things. And it's going to be free sooner or later, I am sure. But yeah, that's that's a thing. Next week, a podquisition gets copyright strike from Sony. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. So that's a thing if you want it. Um. Oh, Gavin, yeah. have you played any of the old Hunters yet? The Bloodborne DLC? Uh, is that a level in Fallout? <laughs> no, but it's no. A, you like Bloodborne. I, I do. You, I'm, Bloodborne. you know, I'm saving it till next year. Um, that is fair enough. I What I will say about the old Hunters, you're not going to need a huge amount of time to, if you want to plough through it, it's maybe five or six hours. Yeah. And you could plough through it. I could, but, you know, Fallout... Yeah, Fallout. Um, Maybe when I finish the story. Yeah, that's you know. that's you got to get through that at least with Fallout yeah. still. Um, I, very quick thoughts on uh, the old hunters. None of the bosses, none of the big bosses felt. Um, 
None of them felt like I had to do anything mechanically different to beat them from the bosses in the main game of Bloodborne. Were they tough? Mm-hmm. They were tough, yeah. but it was the same sort of like, it was the same techniques being used over again. Like okay. if you if you've beaten the bosses in the main game, it'll be tough, but you won't have to do anything new or unexpected to deal with these bosses. Um, like the best bit of this DLC is the uh, the hunters. There's a lot of hunters. Those hunters are pretty cool. They are pretty challenging to fight. I bet um, they were. They, weren't they some of the hardest bosses in the in, in the base indeed game? They were, were, were hunters. Indeed. And the DLC just throws in like, hey, here's another half dozen of them roaming around, which, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, the biggest complaint I have is that a lot of it feels like reused assets from the main game. Um, it feels like they stuck a couple of extra staircases onto onto Yarnum and that yeah. was about it. It's just like... Is it most not of in a new is, area, no? Uh, there are bits of new area, but a lot of things. It's like, oh, we dropped an exist like a new enemy into an existing area. Oh, okay. We stuck a small new area onto the side of something, but it's nothing. Like, none of it feels expansive. None of it feels like you're going very far away from where you've already been. I love, which is a bit of a disappointment. I love that there were articles uh, on the internet that like telling people how to start their dlc and it's like that's when you know you're playing a from game <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like and oh yeah i've got to work out the, to start the, the, the complex DLC. series of steps <laughs> to find the dlc that i purchased like how how much does it have to suck if you bought dlc then can't work out where it is in the game it's a strange strange relationship with bloodborne actually and a, a couple of people i've spoken to uh felt the same way and that I absolutely loved it and it's definitely in my top five of the year but I don't see myself having the lasting relationship with it that I have with the Souls games I don't know that's if interesting. that's interesting do of, you have any do you have any feelings why that might be I, considering how long we banged on yeah, about it episode I think after episode that is a shock possibly uh, how short it is and how little weapon variety there is compared to Souls I think those things have yeah it is a very short game like it's Ooh, but, there is there is some cool new weapons in the DLC. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, like weapons and armor wise, in the DLC that like I'm going to tell you one thing that you can get. Yeah. It is a decent shield that is actually functionally usable oh, really? and provides some kind of serviceable purpose. <laughs> no, there is a, there is a shi- there is a shield that you would have a reason to want to use. Wow, oh, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. I I know that seems so counter to what Bloodborne is compared to other Souls games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm people have asked if I'm reviewing it. Like I, I was given a code, but in between the games that I'm juggling right now, like I honestly think if I were to review it, given the fact that I I'm on a new game plus and would need to get back up to where you know I can yeah that functionally that is unfortunate. It, like I would even if I and this is no promise because people always hold me to my if I am doing it things as <laughs> yeah. if I said I would do it. Hey, did you like, review Halo Five? I, yeah, did you review Halo 5? Are you doing part two of Morphine like you said you might? Um, <laughs> like, if I do it, it, I wouldn't expect it until, like, mid-December or something like that, mm. at the earliest. Uh, if, probably not, so, one, you know. One more thing about Bloodborne, though, and I think this has had a big effect on the long-term feeling about that game, is because it's an exclusive, and in particular because it's an exclusive to a console there hasn't been quite the same level of community and kind of jokes and in-jokes and memes and stuff built about it that the Souls games have. And I think, especially with it not being on PC, because I think the PC audience tends to be the ones who would make the most, you know, videos and mods and fun things. And I think that will be detrimental to its long-term 
I think it's definitely... I mean, I love Bloodborne, and I think I've enjoyed Bloodborne more than the Souls games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I to totally agree with, agree with you on that. Like, it's not, it's not had the community sticking potential that it's, the Souls games had. It's yeah. not had that resonance with people. Mm. That all being said, like, for me personally, I kind of agree with Jim in that I prefer Bloodborne, I think, to the Souls games, but I understand why it's sort of a... We had our couple of weeks of, like, this is the game, and then we sort of moved on from it. It hasn't stuck around quite it, so much. It, I think it's hard for anyone to deny that it doesn't have better combat than Souls. I mean, it really amped up the combat and improved it in many yeah. ways, I think. Over and that I mean, is... I'm, I'm saying right now, like, it's it's on easily on my shortlist for when the Jimquisition Awards happen. Yeah. Like, easily. Yeah, and it's, it's making me very excited for Dark Souls 3, considering, like, the time I spent with Dark Souls 3 back at um, MCM, yeah, that feels like it learned a lot from the combat in Bloodborne, so I'm excited for a... Uh, a Souls game that knows how Bloodborne learnt to do slightly better combat. Well, it does look yeah. a bit faster, doesn't it, from the footage we've seen? It, it looks a bit. It's definitely, it's definitely faster. A bit more than, brutal. Like, the earlier Souls games. Um, uh, the news we had. Oh, Jim, you, you've been, you, you mentioned a bit that you, you're busy doing some playing games. Mm. You it, played it, a game it. this week that I want to hear about and don't know much about how it's turned out. How's that Xenoblade Chronicles X treating you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to preface this by saying that uh, I can talk about it from a preview perspective, not from a review perspective, um, but I can talk about some of it, and I can say that, basically, if you um, think of that big open area in the first Xenoblade, mm. um, I forget the name, I've, I've actually forgotten the name, I feel like an idiot, which, but the planes. Which, which of the planes, because there was a couple. It was like the first big one, um, with the famous music. Um, I can remember yes. the music. I can't remember the fucking name of the place, but you know. It's when you first get off of the legs onto like the main torso of the thing. Yeah, when it's basically like this, when it suddenly opens up. Yeah. And it's like, this yeah. is suddenly a big open place. It's that, but the whole game. It's like the whole game is one massive plane broken up into regions with monsters that are like level 50 while you're still level 10 yeah, I... like roaming around like it's it, it's it's almost like it's the feeling that James Cameron's avatar tried to go for but good and in a yeah. game and good I think every RPG should let you stumble across level 50 enemies when you're level 1 they should just do Within it because it's such a yeah. good feeling Within to come reason. back later and yeah. kick their ass. I mean, I would say that, that when you're trying to get to story mission areas that are designed for a level 16 character, and suddenly out of the ground comes a level 50 monster that just curb stomps well, you. So long as they don't um, aggro too hard, and that they're like, oh, you are you are a weakling, you are not worth my time, and you don't have to fight these Yeah, as things. long as you can run away and, and get away. You it's, know? <laughs> sometimes, you, sometimes you can't. Like, if they hit you first, you're done. Uh, it's it's a it's an odd balancing thing. Is is, um, is it most a kind of, of the a turn based combat system, or is it more of a free it's, it's, form? It's very like similar. First... To, it's very similar to the first Xenoblade, isn't it? I've never played. Yeah, very similar I, to Xenoblade. I don't, I don't um, even think... know what Xenoblade is. So. Okay, the the, think, the think system... MMO ish type of combat, similar to to Bioware yeah. games. You've okay. got um, auto attacks that are automatically happening at any time. You can select uh, who you're so targeting. Like Dragon Age. Um, yeah, yeah, and then sort of at the bottom you've got your... Actually, yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition was very similar, actually. The sort of... You've got your abilities that uh, individually recharge down the bottom that you can use 
as and when they they're full, but you also have yeah, to position I mean, yourself first... around to like do extra damage. MMO combat to me is not, not very engaging at all. I find it very boring. Like the Elder Scrolls Online combat. The and twist that, that Xenoblade gave it made it made it a lot more interesting. I found. Mm. Um, just because, like Laura said, the positioning mm. of, of characters, like yeah. trying to make sure to hit them from the side. It, it the might be things like uh, you do double damage with this attack if you hit them from behind, or if you hit with this attack from the side, yeah. you'll do a stun, and if they're stunned and you do, you do this attack while they're stunned, then they'll topple. Yeah. And it was all about, like... Um, That's posi- been actually yeah. downplayed a bit in this one. Okay. Uh, the, combat, the combat is faster and more kind of hectic, but uh, it might just be the class I'm playing, because you can choose your own class yeah. now. And I'm playing like a ranged character with a big laser gun. Um, so the, really positioning isn't my thing. Um, I'm more sort of doing buffs and debuffs and everything. So it might just be the character I'm playing. But certainly, uh, you know, there's nothing like the Monado and, and stuff like that where you have to, you know, make certain enemies vulnerable, at least at this point in the game that I'm at. Um, so it feels like a lot of that strategy stuff's been downplayed, but then it's been replaced by a fuckload of other stuff. Like... MMO elements that they've brought in, like the online functionality, where you could and you, you the ability to find other players' characters in your world and recruit them for a bit and use them. Um, tons of missions and investing in corporations, and there's just so fucking much to it. Like I've already said, like even if I make embargo for the review, I'm telling you right now, I'm probably not going to have beaten it. And mm. and I'm I'll, I'm happy to disclose that because yeah. I'm at this stage, I'm fairly confident. I know where my review's gonna go. Unless the game suddenly gets really racist or something, <laughs> I'm probably you're you gonna know, be pretty I'm, positive. I'm fairly confident that that I, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's um, yeah. I don't think I'm saying anything too embargo breaking or anything by yeah. saying that right now but my impressions are incredibly. You positive. are cu- currently in the very positive camp of feelings, but you haven't finished, so it's not a review yet. It could get racist. Yeah, I mean that's all I'm saying. It could. So, it could be. Racist. I've I've played this a few times at events, and like the thing that really impressed me, first of all, like the that world does not have the right to look as good as it does on the Wii U in terms of like scope and draw distance and loading times and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the big thing that like was missing from the preview builds that I was playing is the mechs and the big old flying robots. Are you allowed to talk about big flying robots? I'm not sure, but I'm gonna keep. I'm, I'm not gonna. You're gonna, mention you're the gonna assume no. I'm not gonna mention the skulls until the review. Okay. I'll say that much. Uh, that that um, is the bit I'm excited to hear about because this is. I really loved the first Xenoblade, and I'm really excited for the second one. And I also really like Gundams and stuff, so I'm excited to have kind of like a Gundam I can fly around. I'm 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 really liking they went sudden like like hard sci-fi with this one as opposed yeah. to the last one and I mean it's very much like gone the Final Fantasy route of this is a completely different thing with various things and things carried over. Um, I I really like the. I mean I like the story is is it's starting to get interesting from my perspective. It started off a bit mere, but the yeah. general concept of of it which i won't go too far into is is really interesting it's got some really nice little twists in it i i I feel Um, like the original xenoblade was much the same and that it's its story started there were a couple of like big moments in the beginning but there was a lot of like the initial first act that was very slow burn collecting your party not really sure why and then suddenly all the things happened 
yeah, it's I'm kind of at that tipping point where where I'm starting to get really invested in what's going on. Um, mostly because the first like the first ten hours or so, you still don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like there's just so much to learn and get to grips with. Um, and after ten hours, you finally start to feel like you've got a foothold on the thing. Um, which, which for many people, I think is going to be a huge positive. Just because, yeah. like, like I mean, if you want a dense game, like this is, this is as t- packed as it gets. And this gets me uh, very excited. I cannot wait for. I think it's <laughs> December fourth it comes out, so it's, it's going to be right around the time I'm moving. So I'll move into my new place, and then I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm taking a few days off for moving, and I'll just sit and binge Xenoblade yeah, X for a, for a few people, days. <laughs> For a lot of people, like RPG lovers and stuff, like this is gonna this is gonna easily carry them through that, the holidays. Like this this will be your Christmas game. That first few hours experience is something that I'm I'm surprised how many huge developers still haven't mastered it. Like even uh, even Rockstar, their their tutorials are so bad. <laughs> They're so bad. There's these black boxes of text that pop up while you're trying to play mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was one thing that Xenoblade wasn't the first one wasn't great at in that every time it wanted to teach you something new it was just midway through a run it's going to pause the game for you and bring up a box that tells you a new thing that you're going to need in about 30 seconds. Read the in box one, and do it. In 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 this one what they do is every time you come in the uh, like the first missions, every time you complete a story mission, um the game will stop and just throw you like several big pages of text as they explain new concepts some of which like you've if you've been playing and grinding you've already worked out for yourself Mm. anyway um i said it it eases up as it goes on but the the beginning is a bit of a tutorial (laughs) i mean this is why i never cried too much it's why i never cried too much when they got rid of manuals in in game boxes it's like i don't learn that way Mm. Like I learned by doing, not by like. I remember those days. You'd have thing. to like take half an hour to go through the manual before you started your new game. <laughs> well, <that laughs> it's something fun to read at a bus stop if you've like yeah. gone out to town yeah. and bought the game. Well, but if, 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 if your mum gave you a lift heart, into the shopping centre, that's how. Going to get centre, my heart how... checked on bringing the elder, the Oblivion <laughs> booklet with me <laughs> for the hour-long well, wait. <laughs> I remember doing this where like. I was getting a lift home with my mum from the game shop and it was like, oh, we're driving home. I guess I'll start reading the manual while I wait to put this in the machine. <laughs> That's what you did on the drive home. Yeah. What other, what other video game on things On a sentimental level, though, I do miss the manuals. They were a nice yeah. little thing to have. I think for a nostalgic point, yeah, yeah they're, they're, I miss them, but I don't... The loss of them wasn't a big travesty. Yeah, yeah. No, it it is just the rose tinted part of my soul that's like, oh, I want this physical like thing that, that I'm the, never really going to use. That that manual in Oblivion was was gorgeously done. I don't know if you guys can remember it, but it was really really pretty and nicely done. I don't remember it specifically, but I know that there's been there's been a handful of nice uh, manuals in the past. What else have we got on the on the docket this week? Um, oh, Minecraft Story Mode Episode Three is already out this week. They've really been cranking those out really fast to not lose the children's attention. <laughs> um, very quick thoughts on that. Um, episode two of story mode was pretty short. It was only about an hour long, um, but there was like quite a considerable branch of content depending on what you picked at the end of episode one. Episode three is a lot more linear in what content you're experiencing. It's largely unchanged based on your prior choices. That being said, it does a really good job, um, easily the high point of this 
particular series so far in terms of being the children's version of Tales from the Borderlands. It does a really good job of action pacing and comedy and interweaving the two of them and having some sort of really high stakes stuff going on. There's a couple of real Telltale-esque heart-wrenching moments in this. More than I expected out of a series that was aimed at a younger audience. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the things, some of the choices they make you make and the consequences that they give you for your actions are getting back into sort of telltale territory where it's like, oh, that is a very real consequence that you are putting in the hands of a child and telling them, yes, you made that happen. I don't think telltale are capable of making something without inserting some suffering and misery. <laughs> well, I, I got two and a half episodes in and I thought, is this going to be the kind of sufferingless one? Because we, at, like, episode one, I kind of commented on the fact that there's a lot of people who should be dying that we're not seeing die and things like that. And then episode three happens. It's like, oh, yeah, I just had consequences of my actions. Oh, oh no. Oh. So that's interesting. Um, I think Minecraft Story Mode, it's really going from strength to strength as a series. I'm really excited to see where it goes. It's yet to have, like, that middle of the series slump that a lot of the Telltale series have had. So, yeah, that's good. And I like it when episodic games come out really soon after one another, because I can actually remember <laughs> vaguely what I did the last time. Well, I always I do with I'm, those I'm, I wait I'm to the end with... and play them all at once. I think that's what I'm doing with Minecraft. Like, I've having reviewed uh, Game of Thrones and Tales from the Borderlands every episode, I did mm. the same with Code Veronica 2 as well, uh, I think I'm going to try reviewing the Minecraft game as just one big experience, yeah. mostly because I'm I'm sick of getting to episode four or five of these things and doing 400 word reviews because I said everything about the fundamentals of it the first time round, well, and there's nothing yeah. to say because of spoilers I've, and everything like that, I've, so I've, I think this time I'm going to experiment. I've tried going the opposite direction this time where Minecraft Story Mode I haven't written any real reviews of. But where I've gone in and I've just done, like, the entire episode as a single video, put it up, like, as soon as possible to launch and being mm-hmm. like, here you go, I will talk about what I think about this as I go, otherwise just watch me play it if that's what you want to do. Smart move. So yeah. I'm giving that a shot with this one, probably go back to reviews again for the next one. I'll see what people like and what people don't, because experimenting with content, yeah. Yeah, like I was, I, I realized as I was doing like the last episode of Game of Thrones, which was disappointing as fuck. By I the way. disagreed. I thought it was very thematically fitting with the Game of Thrones universe. But did well, did I you think... guys see the ads they've put out this week for the new season? Oh, the, the they're ones they're from not TV shy show. about spoilers, are they? <laughs> yeah, that's that's very much implying something about the end. I mean, of the it, last it was season. a really fucking obvious this was going to happen, but still, yeah. Hey, that yeah. that character, what we did a thing to in the season finale that everyone really liked, maybe we didn't do that thing what we made you think we did. Hey, maybe Game of Thrones, guys. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I, I said that. Maybe, maybe, played, maybe like, he is the throne either of, of games. Those, the Game of Thrones or the Tales from the Borderlands. I just, I don't know, a little bit burnt out on the Telltale experience I, I would myself. say Tales from the Borderlands of the two would be the one to look at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, Tales from the Borderlands is brilliant. It, it is far, far and away I'm more concerned. consistent than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But, maybe sometime. Maybe sometime. Yeah. 
G- Game of Thrones definitely felt like it was setting up for season two, which has now been announced. Like the ending yeah, of that is, just, uh... hey, wait a year and then you'll get the next. Where episode. do they find the time to do all these? Th- How many people work in Telltale? It must be a big, big. I think what helps. I think what helps is the f- because someone's asked me this before, and I think a they've already got the engine down. Mm. Like they don't have to put much work into like all of that stuff, um, and the gameplay like structurally is something they've got nailed, and they can just apply that to any game they do. Not to say that they don't have to put in you know plenty of coding and programming mm. work. Yeah, but it's got to be easier than making a whole new game from scratch. So really, the most amount of effort I would guess, not being a developer, but the most amount of effort comes in writing the story. So, so long as they've got enough writers, yeah. I feel like I think I feel that's that's why they're able to bring out so many games, yeah. and why they they're all generally of a good quality and or, or higher. I think where you're working with a lot of outside franchises, you've also got additional writers coming in from the writing teams of yes, those franchises, yes. which definitely helps with that problem of getting enough writers in. Which is, hey, we're going to put in one or two Telltale writers who are fluent in sort of video games and the way that Telltale do their narrative structure. We'll also throw in a few Borderlands writers or a few Game of Thrones writers or a few whatever writers. Put them together, they'll come up with a story. I mean, it's a fucking... It's a brilliant strategy from from a business perspective as well as a creative one because they've got this this telltale formula that's kind of built and established mm. and then they just need to plug it in and again, I'm saying that as if I'm writing off the effort that goes... Obviously, effort goes into the games but... They, but they do have this formula they can plug into yeah. other licenses I, I, and I, I we- then start building from there. I weirdly feel very similarly to Telltale as I felt about Scott Cawthorne with the Five Nights at Freddy's games, in that they have found something that works for them and found a way to fairly quickly iterate upon it in a very financially viable way. Financially and that, viable, and I, mean, I would say more, you know, just as importantly, creatively well, viable. Yeah, that well. that audiences are happy with on a consistent basis. Yes. And that, like the, it's the difference between them churning stuff out and you know, Digital Homicide doing twenty games, and none yeah, of which are good. You it's know. they're churning out games, and the audience who that game, those games are aimed at, are consistently happy with the overall level of quality. Yeah. So yeah, that is that. Um, other things. Resident Evil 6 is probably coming to the PS4 and the Xbox One. Don't know who asked for that. If you did, I heard it's some rumour that like PS2 games are going to be playable on PS4. Oh, that's, that's not a rumour, that's official. Uh, that that's, is yeah. awesome. It's, it's awesome and it's kind of already happened. Um, so here is the, the story that happened. So Sony put out a press release saying that they were thinking about maybe in the future bringing PS2 games to PS4. Mm-hmm. And around the day that this was announced, um, the Star Wars edition of the PS4 was released. And that came with download codes for a bunch of old Star Wars games, some of which were for the PS2. And you put in your download code... And what was coming up on the screen would say something along the lines of, hey, all of your button prompts are going to be talking about a PS2 controller. Just, it'll be all right. Just go with it. You load up the the games. There is a, you get your PS2 startup noise. You've got a virtual PS2 memory card system that's being emulated. It seems like there's already some PS2 games running on the PS4. And Sony were kind of weirdly quiet about that. And we're like, no, it's maybe coming. Totally not already out. And they then started asking people what PS2 games do you want on the PS4. So 
you'll probably be able to start buying <laughs> all, of all of them. Yeah, like all of them, please. <laughs> yeah, well, the fact that they've asked which ones suggests to me that we're not going to have like disc emulation of all of them. Yeah, across it's not the board. backwards compatibility. Sony no, seems to be so much more uh, yeah. clued into what people want this gen. It's it's interesting. I speaking I of speaking that... of, I felt so fucking bad for the Tomb Raider devs this week because that oh, game sold yeah. poorly and it wouldn't have if it wasn't dismembered by exclusivity. You know, I'm, I mean, it was. I think we did. We talk about this last week. We talked a little bit about it last done, week. But yeah, yeah, like the, had a, the double punch of Fallout Four plus exclusivity yeah, was just too much. I felt so bad this dead. week. I was like, this is how Jim and Laura must feel sometimes because I I made a tweet about that. And I said, what a fucking disaster, them launching it on this day and putting it exclusive. And I said, I feel bad for the devs because it's an awesome game. And the head developer was like, saw the tweet and was like, hey, thanks for the shout out. And he was actually being nice. But then I felt so bad because I felt like I'd been shitting on his game. But I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I was I, like, this I'm, must be how journalists feel. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly going to be interested to see... Um, how the sales are six months after launch and how they are a year after launch and when's it coming out on pc that's what i want uh pc is like the next quarter of the financial year so i'm assuming it's going to be a three to four month game i think i think that's when lara will get her second miracle of saint song because i want nice yeah. visuals on the video and i think pc is gonna have pro- like- yeah that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to see how much of a bump PC is going to give, and I'm curious to see how much of a bump PS4 is going to give a year down the line. Mm. Well, I wonder, not... did, was the first one popular yeah. on on PC at all? I know I played it on PC. Yeah, so did I. It was I, it was it, gorgeous looking on PC. Yeah, a lot of people were using it on PC just because like tress effects was a big thing. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, look at the hair that individually moves. It was pretty impressive now, I have to say. When I saw Lara's character model for the first time and the hair bobbing around, is like, whoa, that's really, they, really cool. They did make a big push to be like, hey, this game will look better on PC. And mm. I think it sold pretty darn well on PC because of that. So, And it was well optimized. I don't recall any bugs or... No, it was it was a very solid issues. PC port. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is that. Speaking um, of, sorry, just have to ask: Has anyone played Syndicate on PC? And no, have there but been I'd, any reports of of it, how um, stable it is? Or I got a PC copy of it from Ubisoft the other day for the purposes of covering. Mm. I've given it to Joe Parlock over at Destructoid, and he's going to be in the next couple of days posting what? a PC port report where he talks about how it runs on PC. So but from what I've seen, one thing that's undeniable is it looks incredible. I mean, yes, the, I've not heard anything. I've, Normally, my Ask FM page will be inundated with people telling me when Ubisoft's fucked I've, up. I've yeah. not heard like any nightmare stories of it yet, and what I'm hearing from people very early on is, yes, it looks stunning, and mm. there's no huge noticeable problems <laughs> compared so to the console. Much, it looks so much better that I almost regret now playing it on the PS4. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I so, was like, damn, maybe yeah. I should have waited. Keep, Keep an eye on Destructoid. The UK team, Joe Parlock, is going to be putting up something about how it runs on PC, but he doesn't seem to have been ranting about it, so probably yeah, I not heard too much bad. Noise, which probably means it's not not too bad. Um, what else we What else we got? Uh, PC support and games and stuff. You know, Arkham Knight on PC. Oh God, oh, it's yeah. going to be bad um, news, isn't it? Yeah, it's more bad news. Of the few things that they were going to try and do to keep the, to make the PC version work properly, they were they said they were going to add dual GPU support. It got announced this week that no, they've given up on that. Not going to happen. SLI don't so, give a fuck. 
<laughs> SLI don't give a fuck. Um, it should be pulled from all PC stores. It's a defective product. In most industries, a product that defective gets pulled. And refunded. Yeah, but... Well, they're still giving refunds on Arkham Knight on all storefronts until uh, until the end of December, is it? But they should stop selling it at this point. Like, here's a spoiler as well, right? Given because people are talking about the Game Awards, which, oh, which I'm, not gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fucking I, watch. I was going to put it on the I've thing, been, and I was like, no. What's this? Yeah. Um, but, well, the Game Awards. The Game Awards. Jeff Keighley's big was advertising palooza that he does every year. That's yeah. Soon, oh, yeah. It, no, it, it hasn't just... been on, though. I didn't miss it. No, no, no. It's, no, it's no, happening no, it's soon. I like watching it's it. It's fun, live, it's, 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 live, it's yeah. fun to live tweet it, though. Remember last year when Joel McHale completely ruined it? For everyone. I mean, it's... It, I, I used to like I mean I, I normally like live tweeting it but this year I'm just so I'm so sick of the bullshit just that I'm just done tell, like I'm not yeah. I'm watching the commercials for like all of the, the 10 fucking world premieres yeah, they, um, they've got t- on YouTube the next day like I'm done they, with those fucking they've apparently things. got 10 world premieres this time um, if one of them is more footage of Zelda Wii U or if one of them is Beyond Good and Evil 2 <laughs> let me know and I'll watch it the world premiere yeah, does that I mean, actually mean the first time you're going to hear about a game or does world premiere just mean this is 10 uh, seconds of footage of a game you've already seen uh, the only one I remember from last year was it was the first time that we saw like extended amounts of gameplay from Zelda Wii U. So it's like, here is five minutes of us running around a field, beating stuff up on the back of a horse in this game. My my lasting memory from it was was Joe McHale being a dick to the guy from No Man's Sky, and then I think that was the year and before, then realizing he was, was the last a year. really nice dude and not being a dick to him anymore. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, I, I, all of this was me leading up to people who've been asking for spoilers for the real award shows that matter, <laughs> uh, which are the Jimquisition Awards, which, you know, Jeff Keighley can promise fucking world premieres, but you know what I've got at my show? Awards. So that's me one up on the Game Awards. Um, but people have been asking for hints as to what's coming, and I'll give you this spoiler for free. When it comes to the top ten shittiest games of the year, which which has been a, a long tradition of, of the Jimquisition brand history... Um, Arkham Knight's definitely on it. Defo's on that, it. That makes uh, a lot Because the PC of sense. version is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, bringing it back broken was like the final clincher. And the fact they yeah. now continue to sell it. So I'll give you that one for free. That That's Defo's on that. That is a world exclusive of, of, the, of the gym news. World premiere! And I got one last bit of news very quickly to throw out. You know how you can't buy another Wii U gamepad if yours breaks? You now can oh, in Japan if, if 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 for your Japanese Wii U. They're not they're censorship. region locked to consoles. So that's, that's censorship. If they don't bring it out here, that's censorship. That is censorship if they don't bring it out here, this and physical product. I tell you what that is, right? That is that is liberal arts students. <laughs> Right and college campuses, <laughs> literally book burning and making Nintendo too afraid to bring the gamepads out here. Yeah. So if, so if when will it end? We got to defend yeah. our hometowns at any cost. So if you, if you want a replacement gamepad and you happen to be a Japanese Wii U owner in Japan with a Japanese Wii U, then you're fine. If not, you're fucked because region locking. <laughs> oh Nintendo! Yeah. Thank you for you. region locking your controllers. Why the fuck would you do that? Um, so yeah, we we got time to take a couple of questions. Nah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, got, we got we got some 
we've got some fascinating highbrow questions uh, this week, Gavin. I think you'll want to hear them. <laughs> the first fascinating highbrow question we have is from Dale Savage. Hi, Dale. If the, if the bloke from Trans- Transformer Snacks got into a fight with the pickled onion crisp mon- monster munch monster, who would win? What? Obviously the Transformer Snack, because he's a robot and he's a car. Your toilet bowl Honestly, I th- would, would definitely not win. I think whatever whatever out of the two can petition the green-haired lady from the Space Raiders bags for support. Whoever she sides with will well, win that fight. I think Transformers Snacks have got a head start there because both Transformers Snacks and Space Raiders are both in the budget crisp all, line. So they've probably... And they're already in space. Like yeah. the Transformers I think snacks, the only way the, to the shows this the robot on a planet. is to make Laura eat them both at once. Oh, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah. I like all of those crisps. Yeah. I will eat them all at once and it'll be delicious. Oh, man, I'm going to put... I'm going to put Monster Munch on my Amazon wish list again. Do they have those in, in, in America? Um, Amazon has like a, an import food section, uh, so I can get Are they there. still called I, Monster uh, Munch in the UK? Because they, yeah, they, they got are. changed to Mighty Munch over here in Ireland for no, some they're, reason. They're, they're still Monster Munch in the why, UK. Why is it called that? I don't I'll know, man, why but why is, did right? Marathon change to Snickers, you know? Why did these things happen? <laughs> it's a bunch of liberal Why did Kit Kat change to... SJW... Burning, literally burning bags of crisps on college campuses, making Irish, making walkers too afraid to bring out Irish versions of snacks under the right name. So when will the censorship I've, end? I've been eating those big bags of, uh, what are they called? Let me get my bag. mix ups which are the ones that have Monster Munch and Doritos and French fries and... Uh, what's it? All of the spicy flavor in one bag. I've been eating them today. Nice. Next, next time I good. see an article that is something really stupid that happened on a liberal college campus, I'm going to blame Jim. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, blame <laughs> the, social, everyone. Gonna, the, the, the social gym warriors. This is Jim's fault. In in summary, the yeah. uh, the space raiders and the transformer snacks both are in space and in the the discount aisle of the crisps so they're already they're probably going to team up, up. They'll, they'll take on yeah. the monster munch monster the monster munch monster the pickled onion one he's, he's quite an excited friendly monster i don't think he's got it in him to uh to fight whereas aliens and robots can be remorseless killers so there you go that they, is they've gotten friendlier yeah. like i'm looking at them now the actually they're, they're more like the old school monster munches now like yeah. what they used to look like because i remember when i was a young young kid they look like they do now. Yeah. And then for a while in the 90s, they got a bit more generic looking and kind of like big blobs like that looked a ni- bit more. 1990 through like 2005, 2010, they were very like, we are the edgy, blobby, angry monsters. And then they went back to being like happy, like they could be on like a Sesame Street or something maybe yeah. at a push. Yeah. Do they do, because obviously I've not watched British TV for a long time, do they um, have the old commercials in the with the people in the suits like they in the because when, when i was like four years old that there were commercials of these and they had people in suits like actual physical suits made up to look like the monster not monster not that i've things. seen but i haven't watched actual physical tv ads. in a long time i do remember those ads they were great yeah i don't think they they, were. they may still have them but i've not seen them and that's primarily because i watch tv it was on the big the tall pink one was was really incredibly terrifying which flavour was he? Was he uh, roast beef? Uh, roast beef, roast which beef. is the best, the best flavour. No, Flamin' Hot is... Oh, the, shit. It, Hot is the only good, fla- like, <laughs> acceptable flavour of Monster Munch. Oh, I, I would have to... I'm, 
I won't pickled get onion. I can maybe but... accept pickled onion as an mm. as an answer. Right? Is the Laura weakest. is flaming hot. Oh, the like yellow one. The the most. Uh, it's the red one. Oh, it's What's the red the yellow bag. one. And don't get me wrong, Flaming Heart I think is delicious, but roast beef just... I remember for a limited time when they did Spaghetti Bolognese. Now, spaghetti that Bolognese? Was fucking amazing... <gasps> they had Spaghetti Bolognese Monster Munch, and I'm telling you, it was fucking delicious. Uh, that, uh, the, uh, the era of weird foods I remember was the era of green ketchup. That was the, era that, the era that I was Ugh. like, novelty foods, yeah, green ketchup, what of it? Right. I've added scampi flavour fries to my uh, wish list as well. Because I can never have too many of them. I'm going to whack on some knickknacks as well. well. While we're on the food questions, Evan Ruckle wants to ask, what's your favourite dessert? Do you lot have a favourite um, dessert? Hmm. These knickknacks when they arrive. I don't really do desserts, I'll have them honest. after every meal, mate. Uh, I'm gonna get some skips as well. I I know for me, like my my go-to dessert when I'm like eating at a restaurant or something is generally hot chocolate fudge cake with ice cream. Is like a pretty good stable that you're never gonna have a terrible chocolate fudge cake. It's always gonna be pretty okay. Yeah, a dessert for me is usually like you know either a green tea or another beer. <laughs> <laughs> have a liquid dessert. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jim? Did you have an answer? A real one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm fond of a cobbler. <laughs> of course, you're fond of a cobbler. That that what, that do is I want that to know is what a cobbler is. It, it's a thing with it's fruit like an upside in down it. pie. Oh, right. Yeah, there's fruit in it and pastry. They get a fruit pie, like an apple pie, but they turn it upside down and dump a load of cream on it. Yeah, why'd you turn it upside down? I don't know. We put cream on it. Fuck you. Um... <laughs> Other questions this week. We've got a couple more. Uh, Tony Thorson's got a question for Gavin. Mm -hmm. If Gavin could make an album with any musician from any point in history, who would it be? So, a musician that you'd have to time travel to work with. Who do you want to work with? Uh, I think everyone who listens to this show a lot will probably already know my answer to that. Like, mid mid 80s to late 80s era Kate Bush. To, okay, to, to have yeah. her voice mm. singing on my songs, oh my fucking God, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Make it happen, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you guys have heard it. the results when I get in great female singers like Aileen for Lady of Worlds. Mm. Good Lord, mm. imagine Kate Bush singing over th that kind of stuff. If if you guys all want to hear this happen, mm. go start working on your time machine technology. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, can, you can listen to the podquisition while you do it if you want. Mm. Just start doing your napkin sketches. Get building Gavin his time machine. And it has to be late eighties because that was when she got out of her kind of shrill, squeaky voice and into her slightly older, more. I'd compare it to Bowie, actually. Like his voice to me got much mm -hmm. better as he aged. And I okay, think... if, if if one of you can can create a time machine so that Gavin can have this particular dream, I'll I'll give you a shout out on the show. <laughs> yeah. You make the and make it the right make it the right Kate Bush. Yeah. Don't fuck this up yeah, for me. And, and you've got to not you've got to get like Heights era Kate Bush. That Kate yeah, Bush is good, but it's 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 Hounds of Love era Kate Bush. And you've got to get you've got to get Kate Bush to agree as well. Like you you go back with Gavin yeah. in the time machine and get Kate Bush to agree to make music with him. You can't just kidnap her. God no. no. You got to get her to of her own free will agree to do this. At which point we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you fucking monsters. Yeah, don't don't just don't just kidnap Kate Bush. No, that right. Don't <laughs> don't fucking don't find her now and kidnap her and try and fob her off. Yeah, as don't like don't tell well, you us can't this anyway because she lives on like some 
secret crazy island somewhere that nobody knows about i think Good you, you seem to know about it from the sounds of it <laughs> well, don't tell anyone yeah. Gavin, yeah. because the last thing i want on my hands is kate bush's kid <laughs> do you not want uh, kate bush's secret island on your hands <laughs> I would l- Kate Bush's Secret Island. That sounded like a yeah, terrible euphemism. Like Why a- are you accusing me of? <laughs> yeah, you you don't want your hands on uh, Kate Bush's Secret Island. I I have never been anywhere near Kate Bush's Secret I, Island. I would, in I my would life. like to know more about Kate Bush's Secret Island. I wonder what it looks like. <laughs> I think I think many of us have wondered what it would be like to get lost in Kate Bush's Secret Island. Be- I also know for a fact that we have our title for the podcast this week. <laughs> many, Kate many, many, Secret Island. Ma- many, yeah. many people have tried to find Kate Bush's Secret Island. Some of them found it. They never returned. You know, the, listening to you two, <laughs> well, it's very bushy. Stuff, I now understand why, like, people get annoyed when I mock Jesus on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it feels. I now. Love, I'm so I love Kate I Bush. I take though, everything back, say, Christians. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I never said anything bad about Kate Bush. Just that. <laughs> I wonder if one day I will get to this find is, her secret this island. This is blasphemy. <laughs> uh, one last question. Uh, Michael Trigger wants to ask um, a question for all three of you. What is your favourite competitive multiplayer game that you enjoy playing? You know, with just total strangers. Is there an online multiplayer game that you liked playing with strangers online? I haven't liked an online multiplayer game since Modern Warfare 2, to be perfectly honest. And that was the last one I That's enjoyed. That's a fair enough the, answer. The last two that I remember like, really enjoying were... Um, I enjoyed Titanfall for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And I also got really into the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Which I was really dubious of before that well, game came out. That, and I really like the combat that, in Mass Effect. That and, game was yeah. cool because it put the focus on cooperation rather than competitiveness. Com- it did. Com- it, is that a word? Compet- yeah. Competitiveness. Competition. Yeah. It it was very good with like um, feeling very familiar to Mass and Mass Effect mm. fans, giving you a series of different uh, objectives to complete and putting you in teams to work together. And mm. I had a lot of fun playing that online multiplayer. Really nice community who were playing that. Okay. Well, if we're you? talking co-op online, I could probably think of one or two. Mm, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Borderlands was pretty fun if you got a group of people together who stuck together. It was shit when you all started out leveling each other, though. You got any of these answers, Jim? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last one I've been enjoying, of course, was uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Mm. Um, I've, I've got a lot of fun from that DLC and sketchy business practices aside. Um, before that, I mean, my, my, my main online shooter of choice has always been the Killzone series. Mm. Uh, Killzone 2, Killzone 3, Killzone Shadowfall. Like, every time a new Killzone comes out, I'm usually, like, can be found on those servers for a good while after launch. Uh, Shadowfall didn't grab me as much as the others, but Killzone 3 was just, like, I, I adored that. And then, and Killzone 2 as well. I spent more hours in Killzone 2 than uh, pretty much any other online that's, shooter, I think. That's really interesting to me, because I've always, like... I know that Killzone has online multiplayer, but I've always thought of it as a sing- as a single player game. Like I've never thought of it in the same realm as it like a Call popular, of Duty when it comes to it's a pretty popular being a game that has. Game. Yeah, I suppose so. I just remember I just the aiming really in it being so goddamn awful. Way. I was like, how can anyone play this online? <laughs> <laughs> it's very um, it's very overlooked as a series, obviously compared to your Call of Duty and your Halo and everything. It's always going to be that kind of 
C-tier game in comparison, but I don't know, something about it always spoke to me. I, I, I always loved the the way the classes felt in that game and the map design and just the... There, there was just something I found very satisfying about the, the Killzone games I, that I rem- made me more into their multiplayer than any other game. I remember the first week Destiny came out, there were three of us who thought we were enjoying the game a lot until we realised that what we were enjoying was standing around the Citadel for three hours chatting about music. <laughs> we're like, okay, yeah, we're I mean, just enjoying Destiny hanging Destiny is out the then. best version... <laughs> Destiny is the best version of Skype you could ever yeah. have. <laughs> That's about it. Well, yeah, if my iFree Skype recorder worked in Destiny, we'd probably record Yeah, the we could record there. through Destiny. <laughs> I, I I would certainly be up for that. We could mm. we could invite people to come have a live audience. They could come listen in and do their dances or whatever you do in Destiny. Shoot shoot at a, a If you don't think this do expansion is worth $60, wait until you see the dance emotes. Oh, you can or do the Carlton now. They don't you can do get... the Carlton in Destiny now. That is worth any amount of money. Mm. So yeah, is that a good place for us to, to wrap up this week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's time to, to, to bid adieu to our faithful listeners. Au revoir, Alvida Zen. Yeah. Come on to I mean, hell. You may wonder why we couldn't go on for longer, but I tell you why, right? It's because of these fucking liberal arts students, right? <laughs> on their college campuses, literally burning podcasts, right? The Jack Thompsons of the New Age. Um, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna You're let gonna that lie. Me in trouble. Uh, Disclaimer: I do not and do not condone. Because I do podcasts with Jim, I don't automatically condone everything he says, and you don't and need to tell me about it on d- Twitter, don't, okay? <laughs> don't don't blame me for any of this stuff, yeah. because um, I, I don't know what's going on. I've been too busy getting lost in Kate Bush's secret island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But seriously, though, come on, let's... Uh, let the kids have their tech game. Uh, so, everyone, <laughs> thank you for being with me this week. Um I hope you'll have a lovely time. Laura, where can people find out more about your stuff? You can find me at pretty much everything at Laura K Buzz. That's Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, Laura K Buzz on YouTube, and LauraKBuzz.com, which is the new domain name that I actually finally have for the, nice. the place where I put all my stuff. So go to LauraKBuzz.com. Everything I create ends up there. Laura, in some you shape didn't or tell um, the audience about your one year anniversary. Oh, yeah, that was the thing I did this weekend. Uh, I had a one-year anniversary of being full-time as a games critic person this past Saturday, yeah. so... Happy anniversary, Thank as you. I said on the day. Um, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> I've always been uh, proud of the work you've done and just... Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's great to see that you've, you've kept it going, you it's know? It's been an exciting year, and uh, if you go to laurakbuzz.com at the moment and scroll down uh, past, you know, three or four things that I've posted since then, you'll see a bunch of stuff that I posted on that day. Um, I, I did way too much content that day. I put up a 90-minute Let's Play with Joe Parlock of us playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Um, I put up a Gaming Butts of the Year podcast. I put up an Undertale spoiler cast. I put up a... A two-hour Q&A video that I did that was a live stream. I put up some podcast episodes. I put up a thing that was all of like, hey, here's the 12 things I'm most proud of that I did in the last 12 months, which is a really good way to suddenly think, oh, I did some really cool stuff this last year. So yeah, go to laurakbuzz.com, check out all that stuff, and then maybe give me money. (laughs) Content people. And Gavin. Gavin, if someone's angry at you because I said something, 
what's the best way to follow your work so that they can effectively track you if down? You're, if you're angry with Jim and want me to do something about it, um, here's what I suggest. Bend over, stick your head as far up your ass as it will go, <laughs> and smell as hard as you can, and you now uh, have a good idea of what it's like for me to experience you <laughs> nagging me to nag Jim. I, I thought you were going to like suggest that you had like a walkie-talkie somewhere deep up your ass that like was a direct line to Jim or something. But well, I tell you what, the amount of people that have been contacting me this week, I think that that might be the case because I think their heads are up their asses already. <gasps> oh, look at you doing a satire, Jim. That was that that was that was maximum when, sass when it, when from you, yours truly. When are you going to take your comedy? Um, double act that is you and your sass on the road oh we're, we're performing at the game awards this year yeah. is it a world exclusive <laughs> um, yes it is it is a world premiere sorry gavin we managed to talk over you during your own promotion bit. um where can people actually find out about your great work? Uh, miracle of sound on youtube miracle of sound on twitter and all of the usual places where the opinions expressed were within don't necessarily <laughs> <laughs> represent the opinions of my co-workers and colleagues. So. <laughs> That's That sounds good. That sounds good to me. Uh, thank you all. Thank you all very much uh, for joining us this week. We will, of course, see you next time unless, unless something happens. I don't know. Um, what's it? It's Thanksgiving. Unless Day Donald Trump gives me, me a loan. Fuck. Yeah, this is coming up on Thanksgiving Day. This one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Give um, give give thanks to us and give thanks to Kate Bush's Secret Island. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving and all that shit. Um, I'm gonna eat turkey probably. Mm. I'm gonna do nothing because I'm in a bit of the world that doesn't care that that's a holiday. It doesn't really matter. We all get the Black Friday though, don't you? Uh, or did you call it White Friday? No, I saw someone tweet no we've, we've White got Friday? Black Friday. You used to uh, call Black Friday? Uh, the height of it was that Tesco accidentally put um, Halo 5 up for, te- for sale for £10 and then lied and said oh. they had no stock left. <laughs> when they very clearly have stock left, they just fucked up and didn't want to honour their uh, sales that they made at that price. That don't surprise me. Yeah. Tesco's a wanker. Tesco are a bunch of wankers. Um, yeah. yeah, so have a good Thanksgiving, listeners. And if you are going out and doing the Black Friday thing, shame on you. But if you are going out, be safe. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 There we go. That was a good one. That was good. That was fun. <laughs>